0: Sing.
1: <laughs> la, 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 Hello and welcome to the Sports Blog New York podcast. My name is Peter Kennedy. I am your host. I'm joined here with two very special guests today, and I kind of say that every single time. But when I say special this time, I really mean it. I'm here with the two founders of SportsBlogNewYork.com. That's Phil DeMeo and Joe Staubach. Guys, thank you for coming on the podcast. Your first appearance. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having us.
2: Yeah, man. How you guys doing today? It's how you guys been doing? Say it's
1: been due. I could say it's long overdue. I want to
2: say, it's not, it's not on you, with on us, so <laughs> thank you for hosting it all this time, and we're glad to be here.
1: Oh yeah, of course. Well, thanks for uh, building building something pretty cool. I know people who have been following the site, been following the Twitter, that's at SportblogNYC, have noticed there's been more articles pumped out. There's some new writers on the site. Talk about what's been going on, Phil.
2: Um, yeah, so we we built the site a couple of years ago. Um, any website is hard to build up and hard to keep traction. We tried a couple of times, to be honest with you, which we're just going to get it. The right writing, set the right people involved. This time, you know, you came along, and more voices. We got a lot of people, my energetic, people, writers, really putting out like great content, great ideas, great dialogue throughout the day. Our, our Slack chat, just great dialogue. So I feel like this time we have some going here. We want to keep, you know, all the energy, you know, the steam moving forward. So we're I'm I'm very happy of where, where we are right now. It's always mean, we'll be beginning. It will be like a month, two weeks, three weeks, a month. So. From here on out, we plan on doing some cool things. Yeah,
1: really. I mean, in the past three or four weeks, you just kind of touched on it. We added uh, four or five riders at first. Mm -hmm. After a week, another five riders, another five riders. Now we had over 15 riders on the staff. They're pumping out some cool stuff. And the cool thing is, you know, it is sportsblognewyork.com, sportblognyc, all that. But we have people in Wisconsin writing about it, Mm -hmm. Virginia down in Florida, up in Albany, and obviously in New York City itself, we have a bunch of guys here too, and it's pretty cool getting different perspective on not just New York sports, we're touching on a lot of stuff, even some TV shows, all that yeah, stuff.
2: Yeah, well the goal was obviously be New York based, because that's what we know, what we know, what, we love, what we're love, where we all based, but the general idea was New York, you know, centered around New York, but still brought around all the leagues, because if you're from New York, you know all the sports, you know what's going on everywhere, so... That's truly really the voice of New York. You want to give that's just some guys who you know about the Yankees, that could talk about the Dodgers and the Cardinals and the Cubs and the Pirates. So that's who we're going after. Of course, and Joe, you know, you dusted off your keyboard
1: recently yeah. as well. <laughs> you uh, posted a nice piece on Porzingis. Something I brought up in the last pod actually about people are starting to question: Is he actually going to be a franchise player? And it was something you know, last year at the beginning of this year, no one asked that question, and you you posed it and wrote a really good piece on Sports Vlog. Talk about it a little bit.
3: Right, and I just thought it was interesting to see that stat where Mello, without him playing, he was 0 and 8, and the three times he got ejected, so he was 0 and 11, had hadn't won a game without Mello. So I'm just thinking, is he is he ready yet? And I know it's it's tough for a young player like that, especially in New York. You know, it, people don't want to wait in New York; they want him to come in and be the savior right away. And I'm just thinking, you know, I'm not sure if he's ready yet. He still gets into foul trouble a lot of times. You know, he's had trouble when he gets the other team's best defender. So. I don't know if trading Carmelo just yet would be the best thing for him. I think he still is maybe a half-year, year away from being the man in New York.
2: And to, I, to piggyback on that, it's hard to be a 1A guy. There's only a handful of 1A guys in the league. LeBron, Durant, Curry. After that, Harden. There's only a couple of them around. So Westbrook, if he, yeah, if of he, course. If Westbrook. If he can't be a 1A, that's fine. It's only a couple of them in an So if you be a 1B or 2A... New York fans will take it. We'll take it. We haven't had anything in a while.
1: And I, I'm starting to get the sense from New York fans, and maybe it's because I surround myself with somewhat smarter fans. I think that has a big part to do with it. Is they're starting to realize that. They're starting to realize that Porzingis can't do it by himself, especially yet. And that's kind of the point I've been trying to make on the past two podcasts. Is that Melo ain't going anywhere. Because if, he goes some, like if we traded Melo and the return is crap, where, where are we moving forward yet? Mm-hmm. We're going to be horrible this year, and then we're taking a swing in the draft which, you know, everybody loves getting high picks, but you got to remember, is that pick going to be better than Carmelo Anthony? Most likely that person is not going to be better than Carmelo Anthony right now, and if he is in five years, it's going to take time anyway, and it's going to take time with Brzingis. But hopefully with this whole process thing in Philly, I think more people are starting to get used to the idea of tanking. I don't want to use the word tanking or even maybe a, uh, what's it called, a competitive rebuild even. Mm -hmm. I think people are getting more comfortable with that idea, and it's good because New York fans are just not, Good with that. And Jet fans go through the same thing.
2: Oh, yeah. I just think it's, you know, you have to be mindful of that the NBA draft is hit or miss. Look at the Wizards. 2011, they draft John Beasley. High picks and seventh picks, something like that. And they he didn't work out. And they still went on to do, oh, you know, look at them now. But like, the NBA draft is year by year. So, like, if you try Carmelo for a 2018 pick, that draft could be terrible and it mean nothing. So, you know, be lucky with what you
1: have right now. Exactly. And that's the same thing that goes for Jimmy Butler and Paul George and some of these other big names that everyone's talking about now uh, throughout the trade deadline, because that's happening Thursday, 3 o'clock. And everyone's saying, oh, get get the picks, get the picks. This is a great draft. Well, you know, a lot of people thought last year's draft was really good too, and none of those guys in the top 10 have proven to be superstars yet. So it, it's tough. It really is. Uh, but we're going to get into a bunch of trade line topics uh, later on in the pod. We're going to talk about the Knicks, Derek Rose, Ricky Rubio, all that's going on, Kylo Quinn for a first-rounder. We'll get into it. We'll get into it, but I want to introduce one more person, and his name is Mike Caravella. He's joining us on the pod. He's going to be a weekly member as well. Mike, thank you for coming
0: on. Thank you, guys, and I uh, I really appreciate it, having this opportunity with the sports blog, and let's have some fun tonight. Hell yeah. That's what we're here for. We're here to have some, a little fun. Talk some sports. Of talk course.
1: some basketball. It's the NBA trade deadline. We're going to talk about maybe some things we hate about the trade deadline in a little mm-hmm. bit, too, mm-hmm. but it's an exciting time. Of course. And especially because it's a time where there's no football. Baseball, pitchers and catchers, I mean, all right. Baseball fans are excited, but who else is excited? The teeth, the teeth. All we get is basketball, trade deadline.
0: Mm-hmm. What's been the biggest story so far? Boogie, Boogie and Boogie and Davis teaming up. Honestly, that's I mean, what it is, right? For me, the Twin Towers, the new Twin Towers, I should say. You know, Tim Duncan, David Robinson—they were the old Twin Towers. I feel like now with Boogie and Cousins, will they mesh well? How are they going to play together? You know, these are two elite centers in the league. It's going to be interesting to see if they could actually come together and play well, contend for a title. And I think one of the most interesting parts is now Anthony Davis can
1: comfortably play the power forward. He could play the four because that's kind of where he belongs maybe. He can play the five because he's that good, but he might be best suited in the four. He's a natural
2: spread four, so I feel like that's a perfect move for them. Um, Now, they have to – no, they have huge eagles. They average over 25 points a game, so they have to learn. They can't do that every game. It's going to be one game, Boogie's hot, he has to feed him. One day, Davis hot, Boogie has to learn, hey, ad is hot right now. He has to go. So, that's on the coaches. That's on the other players. It's gonna. It's not, it's not fantasy basketball. Dude, you can't. These two guys not going to just go on the court, put up stats. So, you know, problem solved. I think the Pelicans the last couple years, they've done a terrible job building around Anthony Davis. Like, absolutely terrible. you, you get got these Tyree Evans, Eric Gordons. Who I love Tyree Evans, but he just couldn't stay on the court. Yeah, he can't be a two-guy in your team, so. Props for them for making the move, but, you know, nothing is, nothing is
1: done yet. Now, before we get down uh, into breaking it down from the Kings' perspective and the Pelicans' perspective, the number I want to bring up is DeMarcus Cousins' assist numbers. Surprisingly, he averages almost five assists a game. He might be just over five assists a game. You think uh, those assist numbers go
3: up now that he's going to be playing with another superstar? Joe, what do you think? Um, I think they'll stay about the same. Now, I, th- I think their wing players are really, really terrible. Now you just traded <laughs> Evans. Now you're starting Etwan Moore and Solomon Hill. I don't think they're going to really help oh, well, Don't forget about Omri Caspi. Omri <laughs> Caspi coming off the bench. Um, but like you said, I think Anthony Davis sliding to that four, he really couldn't handle the physicality of playing center in the NBA. So I think that will really help uh, get him more perimeter-based. Uh, Drew Holiday is a very good point guard. Um, so I think he'll hover around the same thing, five. Now Boogie's gonna get his own. We all know how Boogie is. You know, you gotta keep Boogie happy, or else these another texts are gonna be flying. He's not gonna be playing defense. But um, I think he'll be around, stay around that five assist range.
2: Now, my, oh. I think we all want to see Pelicans Warriors first round. Just just fun of it. It's kind, of, a rematch, two, right? kind of two yeah, polar opposite teams. Yeah. One's built inside, one's built
3: outside. So right. We'll and you have all those it. superstars. You're talking about six, seven, you know, bona fide stars in the league going at it. So. How and many All Stars are in that I, series? I, then six, six, oh, right? six, right? You right. have Iggy, the former All Star. You have Drew Holiday, who's All Star potential yeah. player. So. He's playing one Great. hell of a basketball yeah. lately. You know,
0: over twenty points. You know, he's pushing ten assists almost each game. You know, lately, you know, it just depends on what what happens with Boogie. Now, honestly, he might take some assists away from him, but I'm hoping they mesh well. The three of them together, it's going to be one hell of a team.
1: I mean, I know that the first game that Boogie's suiting up for the Pelicans is going to be the most watched Pelicans oh, game of, course, of the year, so. right? You know it.
2: That, when he goes back to Sacramento. True. That will be the, the game to watch.
1: The only reason that's not going to be as big of a draw to me is that he didn't choose to leave.
2: Yeah, you're And right. he
1: actually played his cards perfectly. you got to give Boogie some credit here. The, the week leading up to the All-Star game and the trade deadline, he's changing his Twitter bio to loyalty. I love Sacramento. Yeah. I want to re-sign with Sacramento. I mean, low key, everybody knows he was going
3: to get about 30, 40, 50 right, and million that's why more I dollars. Think he, when he gets back to Sacramento, he lost out on that 30, 40 mil. He's going to give them the business when he gets back there. I mean, he's going to be pissed off. We've seen that before with Dwight Howard, though. You know, I want to stay Orlando, this and that. But
2: went to L.A., you know, he left Orlando in the back mirror. So, Oh, yeah. I feel like one you hear one thing and then you mean another. So oh, he wasn't loyal to Sacramento.
0: Yeah, but he
1: played his cards, right? He played I'm his cards, right. He did play his cards. Oh, okay. right. Uh, Now, one thing, Mike, I want to ask you. How important do you think it is that Anthony Davis and Boogie are both able to shoot from the perimeter? Like, is that going to open up the lanes for Drew Holiday enough to make a difference, or is it just going to create enough space for each other that it makes a big difference?
0: I mean, I think it will definitely open up the floor, not only for Drew Holiday, but for each other. I mean, both DeMarcus Cousins and Anthony Davis can both shoot the three, stretch the floor, shoot, you know, a well jumper, you know. I think that... It's going to open up the lanes. It's just whether or not you're going to get enough contributions from your other players. That's going to be the real issue, I think. Other, other than the big three, we'll see what happens. Yeah. I think this year, you know, they're playing with house money. It's next year and this
2: offseason that will determine if the trade worked or not. Because he could leave in a year and a half. And he, he probably will – hopefully he will stay just, you know, as a basketball fan. But the pressure's on the GM now and ownership to get the players around them because they might only have one year of this thing. And they'll take the eight seed this year, maybe seventy, I don't know the standings right now. But they're building for this for next year. Yeah, well just to note off that, one
1: through seven in the West right now yeah, uh, all have substantial winning yeah. records. And then eight through like twelve or thirteen are all under five hundred and fighting for that eight seed. So it's not likely the Pelicans are gonna bump up to seven. But like we said, we wanna see that that rematch of yeah, the first round. Of course. And even though the Warriors swept the Kings in the first round that year, I mean, it took Steph Curry hitting a fadeaway three off a rebound in the corner over Anthony Davis to win one of those games. Yeah. It, was a, it
2: was a bunch of close games. I do think uh, like a win, a win for them would be like a win in Golden State. That would be a big, for the franchise in general, mm-hmm. to move to build of that for the offseason and forward. Now, the common theories
1: going on, and if you check Twitter or if you talk to your friends or or whatever, is that the Kings are idiots. The Kings franchise is a joke. They lost this trade. Why the hell they trade in Boogie? That's what you're hearing. Does anybody have anything to say to defend the Kings, or is it all bad for them
0: right now? Uh, I think it's just all bad for them. I mean, you got a couple guys back that can help you a little bit. You know, Buddy Heald's still developing. Langston Galloway, eh, he's all right. Tyreek we, Evans is good. Yeah, we've seen him, yeah, we've we've seen seen him right. as a Knicks. We've, you know, you know we've seen him at his best. we him at his worst. Uh, Tyreek Evans is a good player, but the man can't stay on the on the court, like you said before. You know, he just 20 games, 30 games. You know, you, don't, you never know what you're going to get out of him. And... To get that in back in return for Cousins, I just... I didn't see much from him. I think New Orleans really won this one. Now, the one thing that I thought was
1: really, really really interesting, and most people didn't really get the full story. I'm pretty sure you guys are all versed on it, but the whole Vladi Devok thing, oh, where he said that he had a better trade two days ago, everyone jumped the gun and says, well, why didn't you pull the trigger? Why didn't you make that trade? What's wrong with you? Vladdy Devok? you don't know what you're doing. But you got to listen to his next line. In the next line, he stated how... Go ask the agents. Go ask DeMarcus Cousins' agents why. So, DeMarcus Cousins' agent, agents, according to reports, were going out to other teams and saying, don't trade for Boogie. He ain't re-signing with you. Don't trade for him. He's not going to sign a contract with you long term. And then, other teams pulled out of the deal. Do you think that makes Vladi Divac look better? Or it just doesn't matter
3: and the Kings are a dumpster fire? I really don't think it matters. I just, for Vladi's sake, I just think that's, it's not something you say because it opens him up to criticism. How many people now don't even know what his second line was? They just heard that first yeah. thing.
1: Yeah, but who's right. that, whose fault is that? The or the person who's, who's know, an But idiot That's how In this that's Twitter age and the
3: media, that's all people heard was, you know, he had a better offer and he didn't take it. They didn't hear anything after that except, you know, what he said.
1: That's something that frustrates me because all you need to do is listen to the guy, finish his line, finish his sentence, finish his press conference, and then you can take it all in. And break it down. People love to jump the gun. And it, it, it frustrates me. It really does. Because I like to give Vlade Divac a little credit. It's not his fault. It's Boogie's agent's fault. But I'm not blaming Boogie's agent because they did their job. They're trying to get their man paid.
0: Mm-hmm, right, of right?
1: But Vlade was doing what he was supposed to do. And he catches a lot, a lot of heat in Sacramento. And maybe this one wasn't on him. But because of what's been happening, there's just no no turning around for him right it's now. It's just, in general,
2: what happened. Both sides, this is going to happen. So for that to come, that sentence to come out of Roddy's mouth, you just can't let that happen. And you, when, can't, you can't put that, the
3: painting around. I had a better trade on the table. You just can't say that. And when the owner comes out and says, "Buddy Hill might be the next Steph Curry," oof, Christ. It's that's crazy just not a
2: good book. You can be confident in house. You can't say that. It's a crazy.
3: It's like, it puts pressure on Buddy then
2: I develop correctly. That's like Lonzo Ball's
0: dad saying that he's right. better than yeah, Steph Curry. Yeah, you know, that's a different it's story. Guys. Yeah, yeah. I I liked Buddy Hield at Oklahoma, but man, right. to say he's better than Steph Curry or the next Steph Curry <laughs> is an outrageous comment. Like I just, that's. Yeah, and
1: I'm someone who I'll, I'll say it straight up, I wasn't really that high on Buddy Hield in the draft last yeah. year, and he's kind of you know not that he, I'm saying he's gonna he shut me up this year already. But uh, he proved that he's going to be a player in this league for a long time. He didn't prove nothing that he's going to be even an all-star yet. Yeah, right.
3: You know what I mean? It's, that's a 23-year-old rookie. So, I mean, yeah. you start to think how high is his ceiling, really. What happened today with um the Nets and Wizards? They got a first-round pick
2: for Bojan. And the Kings got one first-round pick for Boogie. I feel like... They could have for a little more. A little more. Maybe two first-round picks. Pelicans, they probably would have done it. They got nothing to lose.
1: Yeah, well, that, that's true that they didn't really have much to lose. But because DeMarcus Cousins' agents went out there and said this, and so many teams were like, no, I'm not interested anymore, it really opened the door for the Pelicans. But yeah. kudos to the Nets, you know? Because Bojan Bogdanovic, if you watch the Nets, I mean, a lot of these people listening to the podcast, probably from New York, probably see him every once in a while. If you don't, you don't know that he's actually a very good basketball yeah. player. The guy can shoot the three, and the guy's not afraid to slash and
2: he could help a team like the Wizards actually make a playoff run. Yeah, they, they lack depth, and he gets them depth. So, you know, props to them. He's basically like Otto Porter off the bench. Yeah, and props for the Nets for getting another first-round pick. I have two. Yeah.
3: So Everyone makes fun of them. That's something. That's yeah, on Sean you know. And as a Nets fan, you know, Bogey gave me. Wait, 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 whoa. Yes. Nets. Whoa. Wow. I am a Nets fan. I am the lone Nets fan. Oh, Porter. my God. We have a writer, on the, uh, one of our writers for SBNY,
1: Brian Dunphy. He's a Nets fan, too, in our group chat. It took me like three or four messages from him to to actually realize that he was rooting for the Nets and
3: like yeah, gonna be yeah, upset if they didn't make the trade. <laughs> that is me. Uh, same thing with Brook Lopez. Now if we can get another first rounder for Brook, then you're looking at three first rounders. Then you're, you're cooking. You're cooking. Talking about possibly packaging some of those to even move up in the draft. You know, I think Sean Marks is the right guy for that system. Um, but yeah, Bogey, what he did in the Croatian national team. if you watched him in the Olympics? He's a very, very good player, and now playing with a point guard like Paul George, uh, uh, John Wall, I'm sorry, he can really, really excel his game off the bench.
1: You know how I know you're a Nets fan? You watch Um, the Croatian
3: basketball team. Well,
1: actually, (laughs) I also watch Croatian basketball team, so I can't talk, but you just called him Bogey. Yes. That's how you know you're a true Nets fan. You know Bojan Bogdanovic's nickname. Nickname, yes. that's That's legit. I mean, I'm a fan. I've actually defended him in the past on the podcast, like a year ago, so... Shout-out to Bojan Bogdanovic. Uh,
3: what do you think about Brook Lopez? you think they're going to move him? I do. I think um, now I don't know if they'll get the two first-round picks like they're asking. I know they came down from to a first and a second. I do think he'll get moved, though. I think Sean Marks is a man on a m- mission. He knows this is a good draft. And I just think they owe it to Brook to send him to a, a place where he can get into the postseason finally and uh, do some damage. I mean,
1: Brook has said that he would take a hometown discount if he was going to stay in Brooklyn next year. But you know they could probably get something in return. I don't see why they don't send him out because who can't use a scorer off the bench? Right. Brook Lopez is a, set, a true seven footer who can score from. He's pulling threes he's now. He's shooting
3: threes now, so pulls
1: threes. I mean, he
2: can do it all. Oh, wait, wait, let's hop. Let's hop on the subway. You got something, Phil? <laughs> uh, Brook's one of the technically score in That's history. So for him, they got to do him right. I feel like yeah. He's he's enough to prove that he's definitely a, a legitimate center in the league, and to put him on a team that could make a playoff run. Good for both sides.
1: Yeah, got to respect the game. Got to respect it. But let's hop on the subway. Let's go to Penn Station. Hop Mm -hmm. up to Madison Square Garden. Yeah. See if we get a view at Phil in the fourth row behind Mm -hmm. the bench. What is – well, we're going to get into the Knicks deep in a little while, probably about 15 minutes. But right now, to get on the Knicks for a minute, I'm going to go around the room. I just want to hear on a scale of 0 to 100, a percent scale, what is your percent trust in Phil Jackson right now? Mike, let's start with you.
0: I'm going to say 15%, honestly. It's, it's not a lot of trust. I mean, he's got, in my mind, one good move right now in drafting Porzingis right now. And, you know, the Tyson Chandler trade comes around and bites you in the ass. But I just – I don't know how I feel about – About Phil Jackson right now, he's got to prove to me that he can be more of a president and a general manager than not just a coach that won all those titles in Chicago and Los Angeles. He's got to do more for me in order to bump up that number. So what's frustrating you is the fact that he's making comments about how guys are playing instead of making comments about how he can fix his team. Exactly, and he hides behind the media. You know, he hides behind everything. You know, come out and say you had a problem with Carmelo. Talk to him. You know, all this stuff with him, I just. And he hides behind his one tweet
3: a month mm-hmm. <laughs> out in his house in Montana. Oh, my
0: God.
1: Joe, percent level trust in Phil Jackson
3: from the non Knicks fan perspective? Uh, I'm even lower than Mike. I'm at 10%. Oh, man. And it's for the same reason Mike said. He's made one good move. And if you put together all his bad moves, it's about one out of ten. The Derek Fisher fiasco. Tweeting about Melo, uh, the Joe Kim Noah contract, all those bad decisions he's he's made, giving Melo the no trade clause. I mean, I just don't think. First of all, I really don't think Phil Jackson ever wanted this job. He the Knicks came at him. Here's five million a year. He turned them down. Here's seven million a year. Turned them down. Finally, Dolan said, "Here's ten million a year," and Phil Jackson said, "Wow, that's a ton of money. I can't turn this down." So. I'm just gonna go here.
2: a billion a year. sixty over five. It's I don't
3: think his heart is in it. and I you could tell by some of the moves he makes, the way he acts, the tweets, you know, not making himself available to the media. Uh, my trust in Phil Jackson is just extremely low.
1: A ten percent is what you said. Yeah, ten mm-hmm.
3: percent. You guys are making me think about where my number
1: was. <laughs> I'm not gonna say mine yet. I'm gonna He's go to definitely you. higher. I'm, I'm not changing it yet though. I'm not gonna change it yet.
2: Phil, um, what's up with I'm you? I'm going definitely a little higher. I feel like hindsight is 20 20, because this offseason, he brought in Noah, he brought in Rose, he brought in Lee. I didn't hear many complaints that Knicks fans had with doing bad moves. They didn't work out at all, for the most part. The Noah one was pushed back right away. Yeah. More okay. from a
1: lot of people, at yeah. least.
2: But Rose and Lee, like, okay, we're building something. You got our things, got, you got Bella, Let's go for it. Yes. Now, it didn't work out. The, the win's still the show, but, you know, he didn't make these moves to win. So, he. Tomorrow is a big day. We we'll trade down if you guys give away roads for Rubio or someone like that. We'll get into soon. That's you no, know, that, that trust him on that. Um, I'm gonna with 35, 40 around. I I give him one more year. Um, I trust him. What's what's the other option? You know, his fingerprints are on this team.
1: And James Dolan said it clear on the Michael K show oh, when, yeah. he, when he went on that appearance. Oh, yeah. He said, "I'm not touching it. This is Phil's team. This is all his decisions. I'm out. I'm out of it. I'm just here. I signed the checks. Bada bada ba." Phil's making the moves, so what are you, we'll we'll call you a thirty-seven point five.
2: Yeah, thirty-seven point five. We'll
1: take that. All right. Well, I hope I don't make you sound uh, you, much. I don't know. You might. Um, no, you might make me. You guys might all make me sound a little crazy. But I'm gonna preface my number with a little bit of what you said. If I, if you told me, you could take away the Joe Kim Noah signing, I can confidently defend every single move that Phil Jackson made. Maybe other than the no-trade clause for Melo, but that's that's long gone. So I'm not even touching that. And like you mentioned, tight trade in Tyson Chandler. But honestly, I was about that trade too. Other than the signing of Joe Kim Noah, I will defend his drafting so far. I liked Jerry and Grant, even though obviously we moved on from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he hasn't proved to be much, but I liked it at the time. Mm-hmm. Courtney Lee signing's good. Derek Rose trade I was fine with. Obviously, Chris Stops is great. He drafted William Hernan Gomez. He got... Mindaugas Kuzminskis, who I really like, even though he struggled of late. Kuz, Kuz, I
0: love Kuz.
1: Jesus, I love Kuz. I love Kuz. Right, so I can I can strongly say that, and I don't think he would offer up Melo for without a decent return. I agree,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I strongly believe that, and most people do not, which is exactly why I'm saying 51 <laughs> percent trust in Phil Jackson. And the reason we have an awkward pause there is because we have the TV on in the background, and Syracuse just hit a game-winning buzzer-beater three against Duke. Now, granted, you're probably listening to this on Thursday morning, so you might know that already, but live, Syracuse's court is getting rushed, and Duke just got knocked down a peg.
2: Uh, Joe is our big college basketball guy. Quick 30-second take on Duke. Do they have a what's their shot this year? I'm not a college basketball guy at all. I just don't, you know Duke.
3: Duke. This Duke team reminds me a lot of the Jabari Parker Duke team that got knocked out in the first round. I'm not saying they're gonna get knocked out in the first round, but I don't think this is a Duke team You'll that it. goes deep into March. You'll I just it. don't. Tatum reminds me a lot of Jabari Parker. I don't see the rebounding or the defense. I don't think they're gonna go far in March this year.
1: I'm more of a prospect guy. I watch college basketball for prospects yeah. until the tournament, and I'm not very high on Jason Tatum myself. I do love Luke Kennard. In, college, in the college game. Big Luke Kennard guy. And Grayson Allen has the grit. I don't know. I think they'll win some games they ain't going that far. But let's get back to the Phil Jackson real quick. Because I don't want to get too far off topic. I'm going with 51% trust. I believe that if Phil Jackson makes a move by 3 o'clock, it'll be a move that Knicks fans will like off the bat. I don't think he's giving up. He's not giving up a pick. I think if he's if made that they don't make a If they don't make um, a move, we'll cut this. so. Fine. Yeah, we'll fix it in post. <laughs> we'll fix it in post. That's what we do here. If you listen to our last podcast, we'll cut we're all about fixing it in post, we'll, we'll even though we'll we do it. or don't sometimes. We'll cut we're it. We're not giving up a pick, he's made that clear. We're shopping around Kyle Quinn, maybe trying to get a pick. Even though I like Kyle Quinn, I'll take a good pick. Derek Ros Rubio, we're gonna get into that in a little bit. Mm-hmm. So you, do you guys think I'm crazy? 51%? Too much? A little too I mean, much. You, you backed it up. Major so, case, major yeah, case. I mean, now, this is what I would hate if somebody heard me say. Uh, P. Kennedy, 51% trust in Phil Jackson. Guy's an idiot. I hate that guy. <laughs> I'm never listening to his podcast again. Sports Blog New York is garbage. <laughs> Screw that guy. Maybe that would piss me off.
0: Made good points about it, though. You know, Defending <laughs> Phil well. Thanks. Thank you. You know, that's that's what that's what I tried to do. Mm-hmm. Well, way, again,
2: this was this was his third year. So the Knicks were pretty straight uh, wreck when he got here. So, I mean, New Yorkers don't want to be patient. The Knicks didn't want to be patient. Five years they're supposed to be winning by now, but it is a process to build a team over time. So we'll give him one more year. Yeah, and I mean, we have one more draft. It's a big draft coming up. Huge I, 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 I don't think he's. Yet. I don't think he's in the college or, or like Jim scouting these players. I think it's more Steve Mills than the scouting team. But this is probably the pick
3: that will define Phil's legacy mm-hmm. in the neck. He's I'm
2: chomping at the bit to talk some NBA draft.
1: <laughs> I'm he's chomping. Got,
3: he's got to hit on this pick. Yeah, I mean, he's you're, it's it. probably going to be in the 8-12 to 12 range somewhere. Mm-hmm. And you can't have a Jordan Hill or a Michael Sweetney. Mm-hmm. And you have, Sweetney. Mm-hmm. You no, have to hit on this pick. It he's going to be judged to, right away. Especially like, in The first 20 games, he's going
2: to be judged. Jordan Hill. Which, Which is, is probably fair. It's unfair for the player. But for Phil, he's going to be judged right away. Because you know thinking It's right away you knew we had something special here. I mean, one
1: of his first games, he threw down a sick putback. was like,
2: yeah. The first 20 days, 20 games of that pick is going to make a break, Mm Phil.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, what do you think are the odds that they end up getting close to the playoffs and basically screwing themselves end up with a 15 pick instead of a 9? Because... The best yeah. – everyone says this, this draft is deep in point guards, right? You got Markel Fultz, Lonzo Ball, Dennis Smith, Frank Nikinlia. I don't know if I'm saying that right. But the guy from uh, Europe. De'Aaron Fox. Ah, De'Aaron Fox. Fox. Mm-hmm. All those guys are projected top ten. Mm-hmm. The lowest guy is Nikinlia, and it's because we don't really know much about him. And I think the lowest mock draft I'm seeing him at is around 12. Mm-hmm. So we could easily knock out a good point guard here.
2: Yeah.
1: And that would be so Knicks. <laughs>
2: of course. That would be Such very a Knicks. Knicks
1: move. Wow. And, then, and even Malik Monk, who's not a true point guard – you know, you wouldn't mind taking a guy like him. I oh, would like Monk. But he's going top eight also. Yeah. Joe, since you're a big college guy, I want to throw out a name to you real quick. A little tidbit for
3: you guys listening as well. Laurie McCannon. Mark, Hanin. Mark Hanin. Out of Arizona. Yeah. I think he would be a great compliment to Porzingis. Ba- baby Zingus. He's from the same pedigree, yes. Look this guy up. On Arizona, seven-footer,
1: moves smoother than Porzingis in my opinion. Can handle the ball a little better because he's a little closer to the ground. Honestly, I think that's a little difference. Right? I don't know if that makes yeah, sense. definitely. But check him out. YouTube is highlights. YouTube is highlights. But all right, let's move on to a game. A game I like to call One Thing I Hate About blank. And Mike, I want to throw it over to you. What is this one thing that grinds your gears? As I get
0: some complaining out. Rant about it. Just go in. The one thing that I hate, honestly, right is Derek Rose. And, you know... I had some decent hopes with Derrick Rose when we, when we made the trade for him. But the first 20 games were good. He started feeling things in his back, you know. Where's my money? All this stuff with his agent. And, you know, now we see who the, his true colors are. You know, he's all about his money. and All about his points. Of course. He's all about his points. You know, he just leaves the team. He doesn't notify anybody. He just goes off, does whatever he has to do, and leaves the team. You know, I'm, I just... I hate him, and that's that's the truth. I really hope by tomorrow that we actually trade, for, trade him and trade him for Rubio. I think that Rubio would be not the best fit for us, but I think he'll do well with us. He's a, a pass-first point guard rather than what Rose is, who's a shoot-first point guard. And I think he'll mesh well with Porzingis, with Carmelo, and, you know, rack up the assists. I mean, the guy's averaging eight assists on a team where
1: – you know, a lot of mouths have to get fed, and his hands, I don't know if that is a right parallel there, but his hands aren't specifically being fed. Mm-hmm. It's not like they're saying, Rubio, you're the point guard. Go make all these guys better. They're saying a lot of the times, Wiggins, go get yours. Towns, go get yours. Rubio, if you're in, eh, run the point here and there. You'll get yours occasionally. Yes. So he's getting eight assists on a team where he's not even a focal point in the slightest bit. Not I think the
2: drafting of Chris Don- put the you know, painting on the wall that, you know, his he, time's over, his point guard there. Yeah, Even behind. though Chris Dunn, Chris Dunn hasn't been doing that well, but for, for Dibidal to draft the point guard with Rubio on the roster with the years under his contract, that kind of just set it all for his future there. I mean, we will bring you behind the
1: scenes real quick, right? So it's, it's Wednesday night right now. Tomorrow, 3 o'clock, Thursday, probably today for all you guys listening right now. That's when the trade deadline's going to be. All the word up until now has been, the Timberwolves are ag- aggressively shopping Ricky Rubio. Also want Derek Rose. Could be a good match. So that's the word mm-hmm. right now. That's what's going on with this.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Rubio's making 14 mil this year, a little more fourteen point eight next year. Derek Rose is a free agent. Why not trade him and get a return instead of just let him walk? I mean, granted, we're losing, you know, what is it, seven mil mm-hmm. by just not letting Derek Rose go off yeah. the books? Mm-hmm.
2: I don't know. I'd rather have Rubio. I feel like Rubio really hasn't had the keys to the kingdom yet with a good team. So we have still come out. we still Porzingis for him to run point guard on a team with Jeff Hornacek, who's been very open system. I think it would be good for best interest of Rubio to be a Nick.
1: I think Ricky Rubio can be the best thing for Jeff Hornacek.
2: Yeah, it would be you, high,
1: yeah, hand in hand with that offense. Yeah,
2: giving him yeah. a true point guard. If Rubio, I think Rubio is one of the worst shooters, like statistically of all time. Right. How much worse could he be than Derrick Rose? Even though Derrick Rose was shooting was Ron- just shooting or just Rondo statistically. Yeah, true. Right. So I feel like. Just move around, give some lobs the poor thing to Porzingis, I think. Why not? I mean, there's nothing to lose there. I can see it only being good for Porzingis. Only being good for
1: Hernan Gomez. Only being good for Jeff Warner. You just like had you the center from Arizona, so
2: imagine the center, Porzingis, and Rubio. Right. I know you got a team.
1: And that guy's in the range of Knicks if they win a couple games. You let's know see. what I mean? Let's see. Well, let's move on with this game because it's a fun game.
2: So, <laughs> Mike hates Derek Rose. Phil, well, what is one thing you hate right now? One thing I hate right now is... The social media buzz around players and teams and who follows who, who emojis this, who emojis that. Listen, if Carmelo's going to the Celtics, the social media team is not going to blow the lid on that trade. Just the, the structure of a team doesn't work like that. It could be the Celtics. The See, it's not like, I don't want to like, downplay the social media of a team That some guy on a phone just walking around you know, Boston. These are legit people with the school. Like They're running the whole it's a marketing program. Right. So for them to get word of a Carmelo trade and then to follow him on Instagram... That's not how the world works. That's so, malpractice. Yeah. That's not going to happen. So, hey, when something happens, Twitter blows up and some Twitter accounts just go crazy. Listen, that's not how the trade deadline is going to work. So... What do
1: you think Danny Age would do? Yeah, if exactly. He, if there's word of them trading for Melo and all of a sudden uh, John Jenkins from social media mm-hmm. team...
2: Oh, let me like, follow Carmelo Anthony. Uh, like, what do you... That's uh, getting the, fired. And as long as following Carmelo means nothing. they just spent an All-Star game together. They probably became friends. It, so it's just, you know, use, use your brain for one second.
1: I can almost guarantee that Isaiah Thomas is laughing his ass off. Yeah, he knows what he's Every doing. Every tweet that he's sending right now, yeah. he sent the tweet with just the eyes emoji. Yeah. He sent one with the the hourglass with the sand dripping down. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. He's not He's not doing that because, like, he knows something's going to happen or it means something specific. Don't fall for the bait. He, he's just messing please. with all you guys. Be smart.
2: Be smart. Use your brain.
1: And you, that's coming from the founder of Sports Blog <laughs> New York, just, the guy me. who runs our great Twitter. Just, Come on, I mean, let's go. Yeah. Stop Stop getting on all this social media crap. Get over it.
2: They're trolling. They're trolling everybody. They know what they're doing.
1: All right?
3: I agree with you on that one. Joe, what is one thing that you hate right now? I just hate being teased. I want to see all these big moves go down. You know, there's all this chatter about Jimmy Butler and Paul George. And at the end of the day, 3 o'clock tomorrow, more than likely, they're going to be staying put. I want to see... A, the Celtics put together a team that can challenge Cleveland and p- potentially go up against Golden State. I want to see all these players get moved. I want to see chaos, you know, Twitter breaking, you know. I want to see all that happen. Some woge bombs. Some Woj bombs. Yeah, some woge bombs. I want to see that. But um, I just don't want to be disappointed at 3 o'clock tomorrow. I want to see some mayhem. And will you be disappointed? More than likely, the boogie trade will be the biggest trade. Yeah.
2: I mean, you talk about Jimmy Butler and Carmelo. I can't see them being
3: moved right now, so... Paul George is not going to go to Lakers tomorrow. I doubt that. No. No. I can't see Larry Bird giving Magic Johnson, his best player, his first day on the job. Yeah. I just can't Absolutely see that not. I couldn't see Larry Bird giving Jim Buss yeah, Paul George no. either. Yeah.
1: But Car- I've been on the Carmelo's not getting traded for a while. And I think it's almost evident now like that he's not getting traded. It's like it's like the media is clinging on to talking about him getting traded because it's a big story. But what real buzz has come out of it lately... Mm-hmm. Not much. It's yeah. kind of been, oh, apparently Mello would sign off on going to the Lakers. Yeah. But then you talk; they, the media talks to Mello after practice, and he says, "Yeah, no, I haven't been approached about one trade yet." So like, what do you? What can you believe? What can you believe? If anything will happen it will be offseason season. Nothing's gonna happen tomorrow. All right. Well, Joe, now that you just granted us the one thing that you hate, and that's <laughs> the suspense and the BS you go through waiting for the trade deadline. You are heading out for the day. Thanks for coming on the pod, man. No problem. Thanks a lot for having me. Hope to be back soon. Of course, of course. Uh, But moving on, I have one thing that I hate as well. And that one thing, you said the social media. You said Derrick Rose. The one thing I hate about this is there's no actual basketball. None. We come to the all-star break. You get a day or two off. Get a day or two off of four. You know, Then you have the skills challenge, the celebrity mm-hmm. game. All right. It occupies me for like a minute or two. The three-point contest skills challenge, Zingus won that. That was pretty cool. Dunk contest was kind of a down year, even though there were some okay dunks.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now it's just trade talk, and it's this, and it's that. And I love hypotheticals more than the next guy. Trust me. If you listen to this podcast the whole time, obviously I love talking about all this crap. But I miss the games. And I hate that soon as the game starts on Thursday, tomorrow after the trade deadline, half of the
0: crap that we went through for the past three days becomes irrelevant. It's just gone. It's gone now, you know I mean I just I can't wait for the games to actually be back on, but you're totally right. Everything's just gone. Everything we've been hyping up, whether it's Jimmy Butler or Paul George or any of these trades that everyone's been talking and raving about is all just gone. you know it's out the window, you know whatever happens, tonight and tomorrow, and that's it. And then we get back to
1: basketball. As much as I love getting a Woj Bomb on Twitter, like getting a Woj Bomb is a great feeling, like a good one, you know, like a boogie to the Pelicans type Woge Bomb. Mm-hmm. I used to love when you wouldn't hear about a trade unless you, you just had like you know, the bottom I, line, though, when you, I used to go on NBA. I used to watch a big NBA TV guy. Mm-hmm. They used to do their trade deadline show, which they still do. Yeah, and that's awesome. I love watching that. And you see, David Aldridge got like five phones
2: on the desk. Yeah, texts not, the same, who, you know, not the same. Oh man, even with the draft, the NFL draft, NBA drafts, these guys they know be two minutes before the uh, draft happens. So you're watching the draft on your phone now, you're even watching on TV for real. I, yeah, of course, that's the way it is. So like, tomorrow, we have Pelicans versus Rockets, which is a fantastic debut of Boogie. And for Knicks fans, we have Cavs visiting the Garden. Then, we have, I mean, we said it's not going to happen, but imagine Carmelo got traded to the Cavs and he first games tomorrow night in the Garden. Absolutely not. Yeah. I can't imagine. Be, yeah. it cra- I can't imagine. It be crazy, yeah, no. It'll be crazy, It'll be one of the craziest no, moments ever. There's no way but, that's happening. Yeah. It'll, be, it'll be, like, funny. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You can say you got traded, like, on like, uh, Sunday night with Boogie just when all the teams fit together. His first game back is in the garden, like. Oh, oh it would be spectacular! It would be electric, That's, in much, like much the serious. weirdest way possible. So I feel like this, would Knicks fans boo him. I don't think he deserves to be booed at all. It would just be a Knicks weird. Knicks fans
0: would boo him, I think.
2: Yeah, but it That'd would be. Uh, it wouldn't feel right. I feel like. No. He I, he I, know, I, think, uh, I wouldn't boo him if yeah. I was
0: there. You know, I. He's given us you know, what seven, eight good years. You know, I mean, don't get wrong. The team hasn't been the greatest, but he's done his part. You know, we haven't had a team around really Carmelo Anthony at all, so. I wouldn't believe. I actually life. got I got into a little riff on Twitter with somebody. Uh, it
1: was actually regarding one of the Sports Blog New York tweets. It was on Joe's n- not Joe's article, but it was a different article about Boogie was the first super superstar traded during before this trade deadline. Will Melo be the next superstar traded? And someone said Melo's not a superstar. It's horrible choice of words. So I, I basically like, I saw that tweet and I didn't even care that it was on Sports Blog. Like I'm not trying to defend like the blog that I work for, obviously. Um, Well, maybe maybe you think I am. But I actually just get frustrated like that. And I don't want to defend Melo. I just find myself having to when there's all these fans that don't know what they're talking about. Like this kid kid said he's not a superstar. No matter if he is not even close to what he was four years ago, that dude still gets so many buckets. He still is the anchor for basically any team he'd be on in the NBA offensively outside the top two or three teams in the league.
0: He's a superstar. Of course. He's not the caliber superstar he was five years ago, but who is when they're 32? He's still averaging, what is it, 23, 24 points a game. You know, he's still the great ISO shooter that he always once was. And, you know, he's still, I'd still put him top 10, top 15, you know, players in the league. You know, he's not a superstar. He's not LeBron James. He's not Steph Curry. But he's still better than three-quarters of the league. You know? and, and superstar encompasses more than just yeah. I would card.
2: say, I would say, superstar. I feel like once you're tagged as superstar, you are a superstar the rest of your career. Yeah, it's, it's not. It's not the scoring. It's not the stats. It's the persona. You know, the, the bravado a player brings. So he's Carmelo is still his first name is Carmelo. You don't say Carmelo Anthony. You say Carmelo. How many guys so like, that, in NBA history like, can get called a, by a nickname? He's a superstar. No matter to so the day he retires, he's he. The headlines about him, meaning all goes to him. We ask about him. We talk about him. No matter what, he's a superstar. Mm-hmm. I mean I couldn't agree more and then the kids started to bring up effort to me
1: and I said I-, I didn't say it just like this but clearly you haven't watched the Knicks for the past month because that guy has been busting his ass mm-hmm. every night and it hasn't led to wins and he may not be playing very smart all the time but you really can't question his effort over the past month and I don't know if that's just me being a guy who always finds himself coming to Melo's defense and
0: not that I even want to but I- I'm using my eyes here no, uh, am I crazy? I, I completely agree, Pete. You know, Since the beginning of January, I just feel that Carmelo Anthony has done everything that he's asked for. Yeah, he may not play defense, but we knew that coming in through. And he's just putting every effort that he can to try and get this Knicks team over this losing hump. There's nothing more that he could honestly do. You know, they still don't have many pieces around him. You know, I love Porzingis to death, but he's still developing a little bit. And He's doing everything he can. There's no reason for him to be traded. We're not going to get great pieces back for him if they even tried to trade him. If so he been accepted yeah, the trade. Exactly. He's got to accept it, you know, in the first place, you know. The only two two places he'd probably ever go, Boston, Los Angeles, or maybe, you know. And what's the haul we're going to get back for him? But no, he hasn't been playing great. The Celtics ain't not given us the Nets pick. No. And no otherwise, way.
1: as soon as they take that Nets pick off the table, the return is not great. It's mm-hmm. just not great. Yep. All right, so I really want to dive deep into the Derrick Rose-Ricky Rubio trade scenario. Off the bat, I'll start off with you, Phil. I'll ask you. If it goes Ricky Rubio,
2: Derrick Rose, straight up, who wins that trade? Well, it depends if Dipido signs Rose again. Because Rose said he wants a max contract. He's not going to get a max contract. What's he worth? Because, you know, it's kind of a... He wants him, and he knows he wants him kind of deal. So, if he signs with the Timberwolves, and is, the just the third Rose is in bed, but he can't be number one 2 guy in the team. You got Wiggies and Towns there, maybe, you know, find his, find his role in that. So, I feel like it's a win-win, to be honest with you. The Knicks are getting rid of their, they're not that, that valuable asset to them. Could, you know, not one man's garbage, another man's treasure? right? I think that's, you know, that's a perfect scenario for that. And Ruby, like I said before, the system, you know, it will be great for him. Especially Porzingis, you get another great young player, he can run the break, finally be his own guy on his own team it'll be a win-win. What's your opinion on that?
0: Couldn't agree any more with Phil. I just feel like it's it's back. win it's win-win for both, you know. Uh, to go on the Derrick Rose point, he's reuniting with Tom Thibodeau, you know. Thibodeau likes how he plays, you know, don't be wrong. There are a lot a lot of mouse feeds like Phil said, you know. You have Carl Anthony Towns and Wiggins, you know. There are a lot of mouse feeds we'll there. comes back. Exactly. And you know, you never know what they're going to do in the offseason. I don't think if, say, they trade him to the Timberwolves, will they give him a max contract? Absolutely not. I don't think he's I mean, going to get be, that. That would be outrageous because so, they need to sign guys Exactly. The you know, I don't think they're going to give him that contract. So, yes, he's just a rental. But, you know what? He could give you some good play for the final couple months. And then, you know what? You see where he goes. But they wanted to trade Rubio. They want Chris Dunn. They think Chris Dunn is the future, uh, future point guard, I guess, of their franchise. So... You let the kid play, you play out D. Rose for the rest of the season, and that's how it works. And as for Rubio coming to the Knicks, I think he fits well with our system, you know? He's not the best point guard in the world. He really can't shoot the basketball well, but what he does well is pass the ball. And that's what we need. We need a pass-first point guard. And he is a better defensive point guard Much than Derek Rose. Much better. Much better defensively. His you know? defensive real plus-minus is, a,
1: like, leaps and bounds. Yeah. Like, Derrick Rose is, like, in the 80s out of 89. And Ricky Rubio's in the top like 15 or something like yeah. that, so it's not even close. But so that's another thing on top of it. Uh, I'm gonna play devil's advocate real quick, and I'm okay. gonna say what a lot of dumb Knicks fans are gonna say. I think I'm gonna keep coming back to the point that I've surrounded myself with smarter basketball people, and that's why you know our arguments don't get that dumb. But I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play the dumb guy real quick. So the dumb Knicks fan is gonna say, "Why the hell do we want Ricky Rubio? Let Derrick Rose get off." Off the, the thing. We'll have $25 million in free agency because of Derrick Rose not being on there. No $14 million from Ricky Rubio. We'll draft a point guard and we'll sign a, a dope free agent. We'll be good to go. Slow your roll. Typical Knicks fan. Slow your roll. Because the fact that you think any of these point guards are going to come in and be very successful in their first year in the NBA means you don't really keep up with rookies in the NBA. No. And Chris Dunn's a guy who stayed in college for multiple years and he's still not ready yet to take over a team. To even you know, he's gonna be given a starting role, but if he was on a really good team, he would not be a starter. No. That's why I give Jalen Brown some credit. This is an aside. He's a guy who can get 25, 30 minutes on a team that's the second best in the East. So if you think Markel Fultz, Lonzo Ball, them maybe have a better chance of being impact players right away. But you get down, DeAaron Fox. Frank Nikilia, Dennis Smith, these guys are not starting caliber point guards, and there is absolutely nothing wrong with them coming off the bench behind a proven, true point guard in Ricky Rubio. Not saying Ricky Rubio is an all-star. Not saying he's going to come here and light up the world. Of course not. But if Dennis Smith or De'Aaron Fox or Nikilia played 20, 25, close to 30 minutes a game, while Rubio played about the same amount, there can be some true growth There. And it could be a slightly more competitive rebuild rather than having Dennis Smith out there turning the ball over seven times a game, which could be a good thing for him in the long run. But is that really what you want?
0: I don't know. No, but I mean, I I definitely agree with you on that side. But getting Rubio, we do we 100% need a point guard. You know, we're probably going to trade Rose, and I hope we do. But, you know, let's just say we get Rubio back. I still like Brandon Jennings. I like what he brings to the table. He's, a very, he's on a very friendly contract for us. You know, it was one me, one uh, year, five mil, you know. Brandon Jennings, I think, is a good player. He wants to be in New York. He wanted to get drafted by us, and I like Brandon Jennings. I think we should bring him back. I think we should sign him. And I think he accepts his, his role of being a bench player. Exactly. Which is
1: super important in this
2: league. Yeah, money, money talks, though, so we'll see. Yeah, yeah you know. that's true. Exactly. So Ricky yeah. Rubio right now is 26. He'll be 27 by the beginning of next season, October 21st, his birthday. You know, he came in as a baby. He's still developed. 26, you know, kind of, you are what you are at 26. Yeah. I mean, your prime through, is little, 27 yeah, to 30. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're tilted not over there. So, he's only $14 million the next two years. So, if they trade for him this year, they're two more years of him. So, that's, that's case. That's your point guard right now. I think so. But I, I
1: say, say we get a great point guard in this draft, right? He sits behind Ricky Rubio for a, definitely the first half of next year. Mm-hmm. Possibly the whole year. And then there's nothing stopping him from taking that starting role mm-hmm. the year after that. $14 million for Ricky Rubio mm-hmm. at that point with the salary cap going up. It's, Nick, Nick's going to flop him too. Nick's going yeah. to flip Rubio after that. Nick's going flop him. Think I'm going to name like two or three guys off the top of my head who make more money than Ricky Rubio. Who are you going to say, all right, that's really not that bad then? Ken Bazemore making almost $19 million a year. Wow. Fine player, pretty much in the same realm as Ricky Rubio. Alan Crabb, Yeah. more money than Ricky Rubio. Joe Kim Noah, way more money than Ricky Rubio, $18 million a year. Yeah. $14 million a year for a starting point guard is super, super reasonable. And $14 million for a bench
0: point guard, say he is in two years, mm-hmm. really isn't that bad. And especially someone that I believe will mesh well with this Knicks lineup, you know? If we draft a point guard, like you said, half the season, a season down the road, it's your job now to take this job. Prove that you can play in New York, prove that you you can become the starting point guard, and take Rubio's job, and make us force that hand. I agree. So
1: I think we just told you exactly how you have to feel if you're a Knicks fan. And if you disagree with us, you're an idiot. <laughs>
2: that's,
1: how I, that's how I feel. That's how I feel, 100%. So if the Knicks trade for Derrick Rose, if the Knicks already traded for Derrick Rose, you just heard... Away, I mean, Derek Rose. Sorry. If the Knicks just traded Derrick Rose and received Ricky Rubio, now you know how to feel about that trade. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. So be happy. You know, Try to stay up as optimistic as possible. It's tough being a Knicks fan. We un- we understand. We understand. Any last words on the Knicks? I think we should do a little bounce around the league before we uh, say goodbye. Yeah. No more words on the Knicks? That's no, a good no, night no, for them? No more. Yeah, I'm good. Good, because that was a lot. No, that was a lot. Of Stressful talking about the Knicks. really gets, gets you, get you your, worked up. gets
0: blood boiling. Oh, my God. Yeah.
1: Let's bop, let's bop around the lead a little bit. We talked about Paul George. Okay. What's the word? He, he ain't going nowhere, right? No.
0: He I don't I think we all agree on that one. I don't no. think he's going anywhere right now. Um, reports said that you know he wants to stay in Indiana. and Which is crazy to me. But and what? like Phil said before, I just don't see Larry Bird trading Paul George, his franchise player, to Magic Johnson two days into him being, you know, Basketball operations. I just don't I just don't see it happening. I don't see Paul George going anywhere. If anything, they get a player like Brook Lopez, like Jaleel Okafor. I don't see them giving away Paul George.
2: I agree. I, don't, I can't see Larry Bird punting it away. No. So, we'll see how that goes. Jimmy Butler. The Bulls would be absolutely out of their
1: minds
0: to trade Jimmy Butler. I agree. Uh, I agree. that it, it would be a very stupid move for the Bulls to trade him, but... I'm not surprised that Boston keeps pushing that button. You know, if well, Bulls, you know
1: what? If if
0: if the Chicago Bulls were going to get that Nets pick,
1: I would I would consider it
2: this year. This year's pick. This yes. year's first. I would consider it too, but not not next year's. You don't know what you're getting next year. No, enough. but if I, they,
1: if they give up that Nets pick for this 2017, I, I
2: would I would obviously want both picks for Jimmy Butler. I Jimmy think Bell. Jimmy
1: Butler could demand that. I think yes. both
2: picks. He's that good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That could, that could Jimmy Butler could carry the Celtics for a uh, championship.
0: And there's no other possible team Jamie Butler's going to if he's not going to the Celtics. Yeah, there's, no, there's no, nothing on the market that will bring him in. No way. I think between you know if the Celtics gave them the Nets pick, maybe next maybe next year's first round pick, or you throw in a guy like Jalen Brown, Jay Crowder, you know, to a sweeten, young guy or to something. sweeten the deal up. Yeah. Then maybe they could make something work. But you know, if you're not including that Nets pick, don't even think about it for the Bulls. It, it makes no sense for them. Sending their their superstar and their quote unquote franchise player right now. Jimmy
2: Butler makes $17, 18 million dollars next two years and he's an option for $18-19 19 That is so a bargain. A bargain. We said Evan Turner's making seventeen point five. Yeah. So just I see a down, I was the guy who I
1: almost brought up making more than Rubio. I'm glad you brought it up. Evan Turner's Evan Turner. whack.
2: So I think for this for this bulls, I can't see why you're gonna trade that guy even if you get into that one pick, you know, if you think about it, sit down, we're we going to rebuild the next five years, or we're we going to build around Jimmy, which I think is doable. They tried it this year, it just didn't work out.
1: Yeah, I mean, they, they pulled a the Knicks move, basically, yeah. right? The, the Bulls not mirror what the Knicks have done for the past 20 years. They brought in Rajon Rondo.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We already learned that. He mm-hmm. ain't a good teammate. No. They brought in Dwayne Wade.
2: Who can still ball? I think it's just not enough. For Rondo, I know. I think him and Bodie went along. So I think him, if he makes his way to the Pelicans, I would not be surprised at all. Really? Because Rondo, Davis... He Drew Holly can play off the ball. Like, he can shoot. Oh, man. That go. would
1: really annoy me.
2: No, you wouldn't root for them, right? I, I don't want to root for Rondo. Uh, I no. still got faith in Rondo. I still, still got faith. If he's in a winning situation, he, that guy can pass the ball. I and mean, I, yeah, he can he pass, can pass two, the ball. Two monsters down the like that. David low, they, they just go all over the floor. It would be fun to watch, I think. It so, would be fun. It would be, it would be interesting to see. I don't think the Pelicans have put all their, their eggs in the Rondo basket. I'm just saying, as a basketball fan, a guy who used to like Rondo, seeing him play, I think it would be fun if he could bring that... He's not going to be old well, Rondo, just that he scored 11-6 last year on, yeah, on, on, I, on the Kings. So,
0: I, agree be, cool. I agree that. I agree. I I like Rondo as a basketball player, you know. As a the, fan, the, the baggage, as a person, yeah. yeah. You have all the headaches and the baggage and stuff. And that's why, you know, I I don't really like him. But as a basketball fan and seeing him play, he is good. I just thought it was funny, the point you made, how the – the Chicago Bulls mirrored the Knicks. It's almost like they switched because if you think about it, the Knicks kind of mirrored the Bulls. We signed Kim No We traded for Derrick Rose, and you know what? We we switched. We switched basically rosters and thought yeah, process. Like, I don't Car- know what.
2: Carmelo we- was to going to the Bulls a couple years ago. Exactly. The Knicks brought the the old Bulls to the Knicks to Carmelo, and just didn't work for both teams. Hasn't worked out so far. Ugh.
1: yeah. Well, at least the Bulls are sniffing some playoffs right now. Mm. Well, anyway. Uh, last guy I want to talk about, and it's a guy I'm surprised hasn't been moved yet, and that's Jaleel Okafor. I think he's going to get moved by the deadline. I don't know why. I don't have a strong intuition. I just...
2: Basically, I think the Sixers really, really should move Jaleel Okafor
1: yeah, by the deadline.
2: strong fit. I mean, everyone saw the wrong fit from the beginning. Even before, Embiid is just showing what he could be. So, from the, from the get-go, it just didn't seem to work out, so... I, I they, they trade him, I don't think really feel like on, on him. I think a fresh start, if he'd be two guy in the team, get the ball, get touches, I think it would be best interest for both parties.
0: Yeah, I kind of agree with what you're saying, Phil. Uh, with Okafor, they just have a bunch of other big men there, you know, more mouths to feed, you know, between Nerlens Noel and Embiid. I feel like they have more upside, more promise, you know. Okafor is a good scorer, and he can, you know, he can handle down low, but he's also a defensive liability. You know, whether we see him maybe going to the Pacers or see him going to the Bulls. You know, uh, both have been linked to sources. But we'll see where he goes. I do, But I agree, though. I do think he is traded from the Sixers. There's no reason to keep him when you have the other two big men who you're trying to keep. You could have Porzingis. Oh. Yeah. Oh. That's a shot. Well, thank God they don't. Because if
1: Embiid and Porzingis were both on the Sixers, I just, I don't even know. We
2: would probably have Okafor. Yeah. Yeah,
1: well, <laughs> well, what do we got still yeah. then? Yeah. <laughs> you're not making me happier with no, that no, statement. Just, yeah. Well, thank God, you know, we got pushing I love Joel Embiid. You can't hate Can you hate we the guy? I love Joel Embiid. Yeah, not yet. Does okay. anybody hate Joel Embiid? Trust love the process. I kind of don't want him to
2: do that. I don't
1: yeah. want to do good, but I respect the man. Him. I don't care. I, I want respect the man. Yeah. Trust the process. I trust the process, man. Sam
2: Hinky. shout out.
0: Yeah, it's
2: crying <laughs> shame you got fired. It
0: is. He's not going to His really plan
2: look- from A to Z so far is in process. Not to, well, I mean, luckily, not part of the word, but it's been a process from the beginning that he put out, and now you know, the fruits of his labor are finally coming out, and mm-hmm. he's not there. Luckily, Colangelo's kind of carrying it on a little bit. Yeah, little I, bit. I read on um, Sports Illustrated a big article on Hanky. He's kind of at peace. What happens? He's moving into more tech startups, and he's very, you know, big. He's a big picture. He's a very a, he's a, he's a man. <laughs> he, does, he does everything. So, you know, we should we might see him in the future again. All right. If I'm if I'm a team like not the Nets, but, like. If I was the Kings? If I was the Kings, yeah, I would, I would maybe give them a call. <laughs> Those guys ain't giving it up, though. Vladdy and the other guy? Yeah. yeah they ain't no giving way. It up. Too close to them.
1: All right, well, we touched a lot of stuff today. Yeah. Phil, we'll how see. was your first time on the pod? It was fun. You coming back? Yeah, we'll see. Oh, my. You, wow. brought, I'll be back. I'll be you back. brought great energy all I'll day. I'll be back. I'll You're going to hit me with the We'll See? <laughs> I'll be back. And uh, we'll, we'll see you right back, now? Of course, but you know I'll definitely be back on the show. I'm glad to hear it. So, again, this is the Sports Blog New York Podcast. My name is Peter Kennedy. I'm Mike Caravella.
2: I'm Phil DeMeo.
1: Hopefully you enjoyed the show. Give us some feedback, comments, tweet at us, all that jazz. Enjoy the rest of the trade deadline. And 3 o'clock comes, anything could happen. Have a good day.